Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. This morning we preach the word of God. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to the book of Acts, <clears throat> chapter 15. Acts, chapter 15. You got it? Amen. <clears throat> Amen. It says this, it says, and after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now, Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark, but Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to, to work. And there arose a sharp disagreement so that so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's pray. Amen. Can we pray this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you, my God, for your presence, Lord. We thank you because you are here, Lord. And we pray over this word, my God. I pray that it may uh, have an effect on us, my God, that it, that it tug on our hearts, Father God, and that we may leave here, my God, uh, convicted, Father God, and, and, and just knowing that we're going to apply this word, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're talking about uh, we're talking about relationships this month because, you know, our, our relationships with people kind of tell those people who we are. Right. Your relationships with uh, the people in your life that says something about you. Did you know that it says something about you? It's one thing to declare, you know, our Christianity, for example. It's, it's one thing to say I'm a Christian. It's another thing to kind of live it out with the people in our lives. Right. Jesus didn't command us just to love him. He commanded us to love our neighbors, our parents, our kids, even our enemies, right? So the way that you carry yourself in your relationship will either validate or contradict who you say you are. In other words, if you're only showing your Christianity in your Christian relationships, you know, with people that you worship with, people that you sing with, Um, but not your coworkers, that's a problem, right? If, you're, if your spouse can't see Jesus in you Monday mornings when you're going to work and, and then when you come back home after work and you're frustrated and you do that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you got a little bit of Jesus. Sunday, you got a lot of Jesus, right? That's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem. If, you're, if your non-Christian friends are surprised when they find out that you're a Christian, that's a problem. We want to represent Christ in every relationship. And um, so that's what this, this series is about. And it's called Me and dot, dot, dot. Uh, the title of today's message is Me and My Crew. Me and My Crew. It sounded cooler than me and my friends. So I went with it. Can't wait till Layla gets older, man. She's going to tell me how lame I am and how irrelevant according to my sermon titles are. Um, but the Bible offers a lot of good practical advice on friendships. Anyway, everyone in here have friends, right? You guys have friends? Come on, raise your hand. I need to know that you guys are paying attention. <laughs> y'all, y'all look pretty depressed after the, the story. We're, we're, hey, we're good. We're good. God is good. God is still good. God is still good. God is still faithful, right? So the Bible talks about friendships a lot. And I, I had thought to talk about, you know, David and Jonathan, 
Um, you guys probably know that story. One of the greatest friendships that we see in the Bible, we see how Jonathan defends David when King Saul wants to take him out, right? He's trying to kill David because he sees David as a threat. And, and, and uh, Saul's son, Jonathan, is really good friends with David, and he kind of steps in the way. He says, Dad, don't do it. Why would you do that? Why would you kill innocent blood, right? And so David and Jonathan, man, they were, they were boys. They were like, they were like boys with a Z, you know, um, they, they were ride or die. And, um, they were, they were, you know, we need those type of friendships, friendships that will defend friendships that will, you know, fight. Um, and so I, I was excited to talk about that friendship and I had actually already started the sermon and everything, but then I remembered the story about Paul and Barnabas and their disagreement over John Mark. And I don't know, it just kind of seemed a little bit more real to me, like more, today, more, more relevant, uh, for this time in our, in our history. And if you think about it, you know, at one point, Paul, Mark, uh, Barnabas, they were, they were a crew. They, they were together. They traveled together. They were a unit. They were together doing ministry. They were doing God's work, but then they had a falling out. They had a disagreement that ruined a friendship. And if there's anything this week has taught us is life is precious Life is, is too short to be so angry with people that it severs friendships. Come on. And we should love each other all the time. Man, too, too many times we, we wait for the celebration after someone's life. Did you know that it's, it's much more fun to celebrate with people instead of in their absence, right? So let's celebrate our friendships together. I remember... Uh, I remember I had a, <clears throat> I had a crew in, 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 uh, in middle school. I went to like the, when I, when I lived in Colorado, my school reminded me of like the classic, like white high school, you know, I like, like the high school movies, you know, um, kind of like you guys ever seen 10 things I hate about you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how my school was. Like you had your, you had your jocks at one, one cafeteria table. There were the cool kids. The most popular kids in school, right? Um, I was a part of that table. Uh, I ain't lying. I'm not lying. <laughs> that was my group, right? And we would, we would make game plans for recess. Like, we didn't want to waste any time, so we would pick teams for basketball, football beforehand, right? We would do that all at the table, right? And then, and then you had your popular girls, and then you had your, like, like, your, like your Pokemon people, right? Uh, and then you had your, you had your goth kids and then you had like, you know, the, the, the science, the science nerds who were probably making hundreds of thousand dollars a day. Um, and each group had rules. They had their own rules. Like on the movie Mean Girls, uh, Wednesdays we wear pink. That's my, uh, that used to be my guilty pleasure. I'm sorry guys, but, but he, every, every group had his own like rules, right? And my group, I think you guys already know this, had two main rules, Two main rules. If you were going to be a part of this group, if you're going to be a, be a part of this crew, they were sacred. You couldn't like NSYNC. You couldn't like Backstreet Boys. You had to hate them. They were not cool. They were for girls. You don't listen to Backstreet Boys. You don't listen to NSYNC. I happen to love both of them. <laughs> you know? So like that, that kind of, I had to, I had to keep this incriminating information to myself and, uh, one day, you know, my, my then girlfriend, I thought I was cool. I wanted to have her over at the table, at the cool table. 
And she reveals my secret to everybody. Yes. Yeah, she went. She went. She did me dirty, man. She did me dirty. And I kid you not, guys, it was the most, one of the most embarrassing moments in my young life. Because, like, this was huge news. Like, this, this was a big deal. At that time, I was the uh, student council president. Like, this, this uh, breaking news made headlines, you know. Like, <laughs> Ryan likes NSYNC. And, and there were people... In my, in my group of friends, in my circle of friends who, you know, they, they laughed at me. They made fun of me. I, I expected all of that. But there were two guys, two of my friends. I, I kid you not. Their names were Ben and Greg. They were, like, mad at me. Like, it was over. They would give me dirty looks. Anytime I would, I would catch them staring at me, they would shake their heads. They wouldn't talk to me for weeks because I liked... In sync, and Backstreet Boys, our friends, our friendship was was over. And church, did you know that you could still be friends with someone and disagree with them? Did you know that? Did you know? I'm about to blow someone's mind. Did you know that you can be friends with someone who doesn't share your political beliefs? Did you know that? You can be friends with someone who doesn't share your theological doctrine, your biblical doctrine. You can, you, you, can, you can still be friends with those people. We've become a part of this culture who villainizes people that disagree with us. And because we can't agree on things that are important to us, we let it affect friendships even. And that's sad. Ben and Greg were cool guys. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that you have to be friends with everybody, right? That's not, that's not the message. You can you can love someone and not want to be friends with them. That's okay. We tell Layla all the time, Layla, you don't have to be friends with everybody, but I want you to be friendly. Be friendly. You don't have to you don't have to be friends with every single person, but be friendly, right? And there are some people that you shouldn't be friends with. The Bible even tells tells us like in Proverbs 12:26, a righteous man is cautious in his friendships. So he, he, he's going to be careful about who he associates himself with. Proverbs 22 says, don't make friends with a hot-tempered man. Come on, somebody. Not everyone has to be your friend. But those who are your friends, the, the ones that you choose, the ones that you like to hang out with, the ones that you like to call and you can tell them anything, and, 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 and the ones that you can just be yourself with, those are your friends. Those are your friends. And if we can't be mature enough as friends to continue a friendship because they said something that I didn't agree with or because they hurt my feelings or because I, you know, I, I don't agree with their lifestyle or because they talk bad about President Trump or because they talk pra- praiseworthy of President Trump. You know, if we're not mature enough, church, to keep being a friend to our friends because of a disagreement, we were never really friends in the first place. That's it. And a true friend should always, should always be your friend, in my opinion. A true friend should always be your friend. Maybe, maybe not to the same degree as, as before, you know, but like, uh, you know, that, that old school Michael W. Smith song? You guys know what I'm talking about? And a friend's a friend forever. If the Lord's the Lord. That, that's, that's as old school as I get, man. <clears throat> you know? But like, I think, about, I think about my sisters, you know, I think about Alexa, I think about Ashley, man, there's some days we're just, you know, we don't, we don't want to even be in the same room. There's some days where we can't, 
we can't stand each other. And Ashley in particular, she, you know, sometimes we would go on the, uh, on these trips. She would go with me to, uh, on the gold movement trips and, and we would share like a 20 hour plane ride. And then we'd be over there in the middle of nowhere, you know, doing, doing the Lord's work. Right. And then we'd come back and she'd be like, Oh, I don't want to see you for a week. Like she would tell me just like that. Right. You guys know Ashley. And, um, but at the end of the day, you know, we have major disagreements on things. There, there's, there's things that we care about deeply, lifestyles that we care about deeply that we're going to disagree on. But at the end of the day, I'm still going to be her brother. I'm not going to distance myself because that's not what brothers do. Right. And, and, and yet we do that as friends. We do that as friends and, and we're Christians. Right. And, 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 and so our, again, our relationship with people should reflect the Christ that we claim to, to model. And Jesus was the greatest friend ever, right? Because he looks at us and he sees our filth. He sees everything that displeases him. He hears the things that we say. He hears the things that we think. And, and he, he, he sees the filthiness of our sin. And what does he still do? He calls us friend. He doesn't distance himself. He doesn't say, oh, he's, he's just, he's weird. He's gone off the rails. Uh, she's, uh, I, don't, I don't like her as much as I used to. No, no, no. He gets closer to us. Because he loves us, because he's our friend. And Paul and Barnabas, you know, they, they had that friendship. Barnabas was a good friend to Paul. They traveled together. You know, they, they did, you know, anytime you travel together and you can still be friends at the end of the, the trip, you're, you're, those are friends for life, right? And they would go on these missionary journeys together and they would travel the world and, and, they, you know, they chose each other's companionship. And we read about this time where Paul, right when he started his ministry, Acts talks about how, he, uh, how the disciples, the 12 disciples, they were afraid of Paul because uh, of the reputation that he carried. Paul was this ardent, you know, zealous man of, of, of the Jewish faith, and, and he persecuted Christians. He was there to execute Christians. And so they were afraid of him. And Barnabas vouches for him. It's, it's Acts 9, 26. It says, and when they had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples and they were all afraid of him for they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the disciples and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord uh, who spoke to him and, and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. Right. So he was a friend who vouched for Paul and he encouraged him. In fact, the name Barnabas means son of encouragement. That's what friends do, right? We, we encourage each other. Have you encouraged your friends lately? Yeah, I hope so. I know you guys do. Y'all always send me messages. Pastor, 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 you good, pastor. Larry called me yesterday just to check on my, on my pops. and that, that's, that's what friends do. We encourage each other. We remind our friends who are going through seasons of, of, of trial and, and they're in the middle of the storm. We, we're there to remind them, hey, the, the sun usually comes out. It usually comes out. The, the, the storm doesn't last forever. God is still God. We're there to encourage them when they're feeling low, when they're feeling down, when, they, when they're feeling insecure. We tell them who they are, who Christ said that they are, because sometimes we don't see what Christ sees. Have you vouched for the people? In your life. For that friend who says, man, I don't know about, I don't know about her. She seems off to me. He seems a little shady. Have you stepped in and said, no, man, he's actually a pretty cool guy. You know, 
Watch the people in your group, church, who join in on the slander, who, who, who join in on the making fun of and, and the gossip when, when someone's not around, but then when they're with that person, everything changes. Watch out for those people. And unfortunately, that's the most popular answer that we, that we hear when, when, uh, when people say, well, I, I don't, I don't want to go to church anymore. You ask them why. They say, because people in the church are the worst. You know? And, and that's, that's no excuse, right? That's no excuse not to attend a church, but it doesn't help that we give them an excuse. Barnabas, he wasn't like that. He was a good friend to Paul. And, and during one of their trips... You know, doing God's work, they decide to bring Mark with them. Mark is the, gospel, uh, is the writer of the gospel of Mark. And, and these three, out, they're out there and, and they're doing God's work and they're traveling and they're strategizing and, and they're eating together. They're hanging out together. They're together. And at, at some point, Mark ends up leaving the group. We're not told why. You know, maybe he was tired. Maybe he was frustrated. Maybe he, uh, I don't know, maybe he was, he was feeling the pressure of suffering for the gospel and it kind of got to him. I don't know, but he left. And that was a big deal because later Barnabas and Paul have this big disagreement where Barnabas is like, Hey, you know, we're, we're going to go back out there. We should bring Mark. And, and Paul's like, no, nah, I'm good, bro. We already did that. It didn't work. And Barnabas is there, you know, he's continuing to be the son of encouragement. He's like, hey, man, let's, let, people deserve second chances, right? Uh, let, let's give him a second chance. Uh, he's changed. He's different. He's, he's grown. He's more mature. Let's, let's bring him along. But Paul is not having it. And eventually, it leads to this dynamic duo, this very effective team in the gospel and the ministry. Their friendship is wounded and they part ways. And unfortunately, man, we, we never we don't really hear much about Barnabas and Paul together after that. I appreciate the Bible telling us like it is, man. It just, it tells us that these men were, you know, they were men of God, but they were also very human. They were flawed. It, it allows us to kind of relate to them, right? Um, it tells us that they too got in disagreements that got in the way of, of friendships. But man, I never understood how, I've never understood how people can let ministry sever relationships, man. Ministry. I don't, I don't get that. Like, I, it's like we're all trying to like build our own version of God's kingdom separately while we pass up the actual kingdom that God has all called us to be a part of, right? You can have division without severance. You can have division without severance, but that's not the way that things happen, right? I was talking to this gentleman the other day. He, he's this leader in this church, and, and uh, he was just telling me his frustrations, and he was telling me that recently his church split up. Like, they just, they just, they couldn't get along. There was a major disagreement, and they, they, they split up. One had to go to a different, they had to find a different building, and, you know, different pastors, and it was just, it was a mess, and, and that's not the first time that I've heard a story like that, unfortunately, and it scares me when he thinks about it because I would, I would never think that it would happen here at our church. We love each other, right? We're, we're besties, right? But it, it scares me to think that the possibility is, is there. And I understand, church, I, I, don't want you to me, I don't want you to get me wrong. I understand the need to separate from people sometimes. That's necessary. 
It's, it, it can be a good thing in, in some instances. You can't, work with, you can't work effectively with everybody. You, you just you can't. You won't enjoy some of the things that other people are going to enjoy. You can't relate to, to some people the way that other people are going to relate to them. That's why we have youth groups. That's why we have kids' ministries, right? Because they can relate more to each other than, than perhaps adults can, right? So sometimes it's, it's good. Separation can be good. Even Christ and the Holy Spirit came at different times for a different purpose. And, and Jesus said, okay, in order for the next one to come, in order for the Holy Spirit to come, I have to leave first, right? So it, it, it's necessary sometimes, but when separation, church, ruins relationships, when it, when it creates bitterness and unforgiveness and when it creates enemies out of people who used to be your friends, that's what I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it. Someone explain it to me later because I, I, I don't get it. That's, and that's what we as Christians, remember, we're not just friends. We're, we're Christians. We represent Christ. And that's what we have to get past as believers. We have to learn to be a friend when our friends aren't being friendly, man. We have to. When our friends don't get it, when they've kind of gone off the rails and they're doing crazy things and things that we would never think that they would do before, you know, we, we, that's when they need us the most, man. We have to learn how to model the perfect friend who sticks around closer than a brother as Jesus. But in this, this, this cancel culture of society that we live in right now, we end up canceling everybody because we disagree with them. Jesus told his disciples, this is how they will know you are my disciples, by the love that you have one another. This is how, this is how people are going to know. This is what he told his, his people. This is how they will know that you are my disciples, by the love that you have for one another. Not just by what you preach, because what people preach and what people do are very different a lot of times. Not, not, not just about the miracles that you perform. Not just, about, not just about this and that, but by the love that you have for each other. That's how they're going to know. That's how they're going to know that this is a body. This is a unit. There, there's togetherness here for a purpose. That's how they're going to know. And so we look at that verse and we look at today and, you know, is that the image that we get from people who claim to be a disciple of Christ? Is that the image? Do we get... Do we get love? Is that the first thing that we see? Or is there a little bit of love and and a little bit of jealousy in there? A little bit of love and a little bit of, you know, resentment and intolerance where love should be. And we, you know, we say things all the time like, I I, I still love them. That's the caveat to everything, right? Like, we're we're talking mess about someone, right? I I still love the guy, right? We have this, you know, this fierce, ugly disagreement with another person and it creates separation and, and we sever our relationship with them. But I, I, I still love him. I still love him. Love was never meant to be a thing that you say rather than a thing that you show. <clears throat> we say it all the time, man. We say, we, we, <laughs> we say it like in the place of, like we equate not wanting a person to go to hell with, I still love him. You, you ever notice that? I hear that. All, I hear that all the time. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't hate the guy. I, mean, I still love him. I don't want him to go to hell, right? It's not the same thing. That's not the same thing. 
Not wanting someone to not go to hell is not the same thing as, as loving them the way that, that Christ commanded us to love them. If you can't, listen, if you can't forgive the friend who wronged you, if you can't do that, if, it, if you are incapable of doing it, if you cannot let go of something that someone did to you, don't fool yourself by telling yourself, well, I still love them. Because that's not really what love is. Love is boundless. If you're so angry with a person or disappointed with a person that prohibits you from showing them love, don't lessen the meaning of the word by simply saying that you love them. Romans 5, 8. This is one of those that you just want to like have remembered. Highlight Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates. Is that verse up there? But God demonstrates. Can you go to the next verse? <clears throat> but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen? Did, did, did I catch that? What does it say? But God what? Demonstrates. You know what demonstrates mean, right? Yes. yes, okay. God demonstrates his love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's love. God didn't say to Jesus, I mean, I, I mean, I love him. I wish Adam wouldn't have done what he did, and Eve and ate of that tree. I still love him, but Nimolo, right? <laughs> that, that, that's not what he said. He didn't say anything. He demonstrated it through Christ Jesus while we were still sinners, not while we were perfect, not while we had it all together, not while we had no offenses to give towards God while we were filthy sinners. Church, that is the kind of friend that we're called to be. That's the kind of friend that we're called to be. And so I want to make a challenge to you to forgive like Christ forgave. To love like Jesus loves, even in the midst of disagreement. Don't, don't let it sever your relationship. Paul, in a, in a later letter to Timothy looks like Paul and Mark reconciled their relationships. It's, it's, it's 2 Timothy 4.11. He says, uh, Luke alone is with me. Go ahead and get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful for me in ministry. So that's kind of that. That's a happy ending that, unfortunately, many people never get because of their disagreements. They let their disagreements be bigger than their friendships. But I just want to remind someone this morning, if Jesus reconciled with us, even though he didn't agree with us, even though we were doing some things that, that he would never approve of, surely we can mend friendships and keep friendships even in the midst of contention. Church, I want to challenge you to go out and be a, be a friend to someone. The way that Jesus is a friend to us, man. Let, let people see Christ in your friendships. And I don't know what that looks like to you. I don't know if you I don't know if you have to call someone up later and say, hey, you know what? Let's squash this beef. Let's we're we're cool. Or I love you. We can we can disagree, but I, I just want you to know I still love you. And let's not wait till God forbid something happens to say to say everything that we should have said earlier. Amen. You getting this? I'm gonna I'm gonna ask that we stand this morning. <clears throat>
Thank you, Father. We love you, Father God. I'm going to ask that we, we bow our heads this morning, close our eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My God, we, we want to we come before you this morning, Lord. First of all, thanking you, my God, because you have been such a great friend to us, Lord. When every single day, my God, I do something, Lord, that is unworthy of, of your friendship, Father God, you still stick around closer than a brother, Father. And I just pray, Father God, in, that, in our relationships, Father God, with our co-workers, my God, with, with the people in our lives, with the people that we have chosen to be friends with, my God. I pray, Father God, that we are mature enough, Father God. We are mature enough in our faith, Lord, to forgive, Father God. To look past certain things, Father. And to not let just anything sever a relationship, Father God. Let us be Christ to someone, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.